0: Welcome everyone to the Grounded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with grinding all my life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Yeah. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Welcome to the Grounded Podcast, and I just want to say God bless you for being a listener. God bless you for watching on YouTube, and I pray that you are sharing the Grounded Podcast with your friends and your family and those uh, people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. Um, You know, the Grounded Podcast would be a a good Bible study tool for someone, if you yourself or if you know of a family that is uh, looking for some new Bible study material, uh, by all means, share with them this Grounded Podcast because We, you know, we finished the whole book of John and we went pretty in depth through the book of John. And, uh, you know, John, the book of John is a great introduction to Jesus. And so people can really get to know all about Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us. And 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 now we're covering the book of Acts. Uh, And today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 10. And in Acts chapter 10, it's absolutely a game changer for you and for me. Uh, because this literally opened the door uh, for the gospel to be shared with the Gentiles in in, in what goes on in Acts chapter 10. Uh, Back in John chapter 10, uh, Jesus was talking with his disciples about being the good shepherd. And he says this to them in verse 16. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. He's talking about you and, and you and me, the Gentiles. He says, they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus or God is always about unity. And so he, he's talking about here about the Gentiles and he's saying there's other sheep. And he's telling these Jewish men that are around him, his disciples. He says, there's other sheep that's going to be invited in, into the fold. And we're going to be one flock and we're going to be one shepherd. In Matthew chapter 12, 12, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath day and in the Jewish synagogue. And it, the Pharisees are having a fit because it absolutely just blows their mind. They, they're, they're having uh, they already have problems or issues with Jesus. And now he is healing on the Sabbath day in the, in, in one of their synagogues and, and they're having a fit. And in fact, they want to kill him. And so he Jesus escapes from them. He leaves them. But when he leaves that area, A bunch of people follow Jesus and he heals every one of them. And he says this in verse in in verses 17 through 21 of Matthew 12. Jesus says this happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet will be fulfilled. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bent reed he will not break off, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish, until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, the name of Jesus, the Gentiles will hope. For you see, it's not up until Acts chapter 10, the the message of the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus has mainly been preached to the jews and up until acts chapter 8 you know we had the stoning of stephen and then in acts chapter 9 saul is going to damascus to wreak havoc in, in, in the and the christians well in the jesus father they haven't been called christians yet not until the next chapter when they're called christians in antioch uh, by the gentile church by the way but the, because of this persecution, because Saul is is just wreaking havoc in people's homes, and he's dragging men and women out, and he's putting them in prison. They're losing their life for their their faith. Uh, the gospel message begins to uh, leave Jerusalem and spread to Judea and to Samaria and to the to the rest of the world, just like Jesus said it would in Acts chapter one, but. When you get outside of Jerusalem, even though there would be Jews, because there was always synagogues, when Paul and Barnabas would travel around, as we'll see as we get on into the book of Acts, they one of the first places they would go would be to the synagogues. Why? Because that's where the Jews gathered to worship. They would go to the synagogue because they knew there would be people there who were interested in worshiping God. And it would be a great way to introduce Jesus to these Jewish people. And so... Uh, when When you get outside of Jerusalem, there would be Jews, but they would be scarce. And what you would find more of the people wise are Gentiles. And what a Gentile in just the simplest basic definition of a Gentile is this. Any person who is not a Jew is a Gentile, which is basically me, which is basically most of us living here in the United States or wherever we're living. If we are not a Jew then we are Gentiles. Um, Gentiles were not very well liked by the Jews back in the Bible days. In fact, they, they were pretty much hated uh, because you have to remember the Jews were God's chosen people, right? Of the Old Testament. And so they carried around the idea, many of them did, carried around the idea or this thought that they're better than everyone else because they are God's chosen people. And so, if you you know, you want to bring up racism, there's a, you know, this has always been a hot topic in, in, in our United States, and and, it, and it's really amping up with social media and, and the injustice that's going on uh, with these cops and the, and, and such like that. This the racism is really being brought out onto the stage and, and and being shoved in our face right now, and it's like, you know, people are trying to keep the country divided when God is all about unity. And as Christian people, that's what we should be, followers of Jesus. If we we follow Jesus, then we should love any person and we should be able to get along with any person, regardless of their, their color of their skin, whether it's black, white, whatever, whatever nationality, uh, they are. Um, but we should be one. But racism goes way, way back, goes way back further than, than, uh, the color of our skin it, it, here in the even in the biblical days and we're going to see it with even with jesus's own followers they had they still had a problem with gentiles being welcomed into the church and we'll get more into that in just a little bit but racism is nothing nothing new even though it is being brought out in the forefront and on stage right now it's been around for a long time uh, even jesus himself called the syrophoenician woman a gentile who, who is a Gentile, he called her a dog in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Uh, Matthew writes this, he says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. So here's a Gentile woman. She has searched out and found Jesus because she knows that he is her only hope for her daughter. And Jesus doesn't even answer her. In in verse 23, Matthew says, that he did not answer her a word, not even a word. And his disciples came up and urged him, saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And yet he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He said, he just called her a dog. Not directly saying, woman, you ain't nothing but a dog. But he's saying, look, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And at first that's true. And, and, and the Jews reject him. And Jesus, as I just shared a verse with you, he's already told the, the, his uh, disciples that there's other sheep that are in the pen that will be welcomed into the fold. But right now, during this time, he has come for the Jews, his cho- uh, God's chosen people. He was their Messiah. And so this Gentile lady has sought Jesus out and she knows that he is the only hope for her daughter. And Jesus won't even answer her when she's talking to him. And she's begging him, Lord, help me. And yet he answered, he says, not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, but please help for even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, "A oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed at once. But my point is, this Gentile lady, Jesus, even referred to her as a dog. You, You Gentiles, are. this is the way that you're looked upon. This is the way that people see you. But yet even Jesus had mercy on her being a Gentile woman. And because of her faith in Jesus and knowing that Jesus is her only hope, healed her daughter. So when you read through the New Testament, or when we read through the New Testament, you will see that the conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles is ongoing. It it would even plague the the Apostle Paul, uh, just about his entire ministry, and it was a conflict with the Jesus followers. Uh, We're going to see a great example of this in the next chapter in Acts chapter 11, because when Peter returns from Cornelius's house, which we're going to be getting into here in Acts chapter ten, word had already gotten back to the uh, Jerusalem uh, where the the apostles stayed and where the church, you know, if you want to call it headquarters, I don't really like saying that, but this is where the base was for the church because it started in Jerusalem. It was not to persecution made it spread. Did it leave Jerusalem and go into other places? And so the apostles were there in Jerusalem. So word had gotten back to what happens at Cornelius's house to the church in Jerusalem. And, and uh, they could not believe uh, that, that Peter and the Jews that were with Peter would actually go into a Gentile's home because you were not allowed to do that under, under God's law, the Mosaic law. Um, and so the, it just blew their minds. And they're like, how dare you go into the house of a Gentile? And you even took Jewish brethren with you and so you're going to see that this this was a contention with the, the early church and it would follow uh, the apostle Paul and Barnabas where they were going to starting these churches in all these different places and the jews would literally chase them from city to city because they cuz basically because Paul was hanging out with uncircumcised gentiles even Peter himself is going to have an issue with it. In Galatians chapter 2, 11 through 21, and I'm just going to share just a few verses, uh, uh, verses 11 through 14, just to give you an idea of what's going on and to show you how even the people who love Jesus, who love God and serve God, and they're doing all these great things in the name of Jesus, and they're being great examples of Jesus, this racism thing was deep. It was very deep between the Jews and the Gentiles, even even to the people they had an issue with it, with the Jesus followers who loved Jesus. And, and this is Peter of all people in Galatians 2, 11 through 21. This is verses 11 through 14. Paul writes, But when Peter came to Antioch, I, Paul, had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. And when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some of the friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas, Paul's partner, at starting these churches, even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all of the others. And Paul just said, I had to get in Peter's face because of what he was doing was wrong. And he said, I told Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? And you can go and you can read Galatians 2, 11 through 21 on your own. But I want you to see, and I'm emphasizing this, that racism is. Has been around for a very long time. It even goes way back into the old, old testament. And, and it is the roots of racism are very, very deep. And, and I'm telling you, the only answer for racism is Jesus. In Jesus, we are all one. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 or 25 through 27. And Jesus is the one that we can all come together and and be in unity with. And when we start looking at people through the eyes of Jesus and how people see, or how Jesus sees people, he does not see a color of skin. He does not see a nationality. What he sees is a lost person or a safe person. Are they washed in the blood of Jesus? Are they not washed in the blood of Jesus? And 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 as you can see. The, the, the examples that I just shared with you. Even though Jesus talks about it. Even though God showed a vision to Peter three times. As we're fixing to see here after break. Even though the Holy Spirit falls on these Gentiles. At Cornelius' house. We'll, we'll be getting into in the next podcast. They're baptized in water. The Jews. Were sketchy at best when it came to welcoming the Gentiles because we're going to see in Acts at the end of Acts chapter eleven, even after all of this has happens in Acts chapter ten, and the Holy Spirit falls upon these Gentiles, that that they still after all this stuff that goes on, they they go off preaching to the Jews only. It it, it just it was an if if something has been this way for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and Jesus has come along and said nope, it's not this way anymore. It's this way. And these Gentiles are are going to be, they're in the sheep pen. And they're going to be welcomed into the fold one day. Well, that day has come in Acts chapter 10. This is it. We, people who are not Jews, we are Gentiles. And and, and God has died for us. His blood washes our sins away. And, and God is showing Peter and, and the, the rest of the church that now is the time for the Gentiles to be welcomed into the fold. And it was, I'm telling you, it was a big issue with the early church. And it and, and it's still an issue today with racism. But I will say this as we go to break. The Gentiles had a church that would rival uh, the church at Jerusalem. Uh, it starts in Antioch in the next chapter. And this thing become huge. And it would be in Acts chapter 11 at the church in Antioch, this, this Gentile church that the jesus followers would get the name christians instead of being called people of the way they would be called christians which is christ life and we're going to get into uh the setting of acts chapter 10 and more of the details when we come back from break this is ryan kirst i'm the student pastor at partnership christian church and i want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming sunday check us out on facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to the Grind It podcast. Keep grinding. So the setting of Acts chapter 10 is really in two different locations. Um, You have have this guy named Cornelius, who's a Roman officer and lives in Caesarea. And you have Peter, who is staying at this guy's house named Simon in Joppa. Now, the last thing that we heard about Caesarea was that is where the spirit led Philip after he had baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. And Joppa is the place where Peter was asked to come uh, when a believer named Dorcas had died. Uh, he, had, he had went there and he prayed for her and she came back to life. And at the, at the end of Acts chapter nine, we're told that Peter stays in Joppa for a long time, living with Simon, the Tanner of hides. And we're going to bring this out in just a second. Uh, You know, sometimes the Bible is specific and sometimes it's pretty vague. Uh, You know, because what does it mean that Peter stayed uh, in Joppa for a long time? Does it mean several days? Does does it mean several years? You know, we don't know. We don't know how long Peter stayed in Joppa. But here's a detail, and it's a very important detail that we do know. And I don't want to overlook this detail. Uh, It's very important. And here it is. Peter stayed with Simon, a tanner of hides. Now, I can sit here and explain this, but but I want to read something to you. It, it's from a website called Reading Acts, because I don't think I can explain it any better than, than than how they explain it. And here's what they say. It is significant that Peter would accept hospitality from Simon since the occupation of a leather worker or a tanner was considered to be unclean by the Pharisees. A tanner was one of the most unclean trades in any ancient society. The nature of their work kept them in the state of ritual uncleanness, according to Leviticus 11, verse 35. And the process of tanning leather resulted in the state of physical uncleanness. The rabbis mentioned tanners or tanneries in the context of other unclean things. In the Mishnah, a tannery is in the same category as a bathhouse, or like a bathroom, or a public urinal. A tanner is lumped together with he who is afflicted with boils, or has a polypus, or who collects dog excrement. Because of the stench of the tanner shop, most towns required that the tanner had to live on the outskirts of town, downwind. The mission estates that they put carry-on, graze and tanneries at least 50 cubits away from a town. They may make a tannery only at the east side of the town. It is therefore quite curious that Peter hesitates when he is told to go to Cornelius in chapter 10. This is a testimony to how far Jews and Gentiles were separated culturally. Going back to that racism thing that we talked about before the break. He says, this is a testimony of how far the Jews and the Gentiles were separated culturally. Peter has no problem staying in the home of a tanner who was unclean, yet will not enter into the home of a Gentile God-fearer, someone who was likely more clean than the tanner with respect to the law. The difference, of course, is that even if Cornelius was a God-fearer, he was still an uncircumcised Gentile. So you can see the, 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 the issue that the Jews had with this racism toward the Gentiles. And and, and, and right now, the, the church is in Jerusalem. It is starting to spread because of persecution, but they are going forth and they're preaching to Jewish people. And and that's all about the change here and, and what is about to happen at the house of Cornelius. Now, Peter stays in Joppa for a long time, living with Simon the Tanner. And while he's there, he's going to have a vision from God, And we're going to come back to this vision here in just a little bit. But first, we got to talk about the other major character involved in this story, and that's Cornelius. Cornelius is a officer of the Roman army. Uh, and if you if you remember back uh, when the disciples, they asked Jesus a question right before he ascended uh, back to heaven in Acts chapter one. And they said, Lord, when are you going to restore the power back to Israel? Because they were under Roman oppression and they hated, for lack of a better word, they hated the Romans because they, they were God's chosen and they wanted to be on top. They, they're used to being on top and in power all through the Old Testament, but now they're under Roman oppression and they're thinking that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to deliver them from this Roman oppression. That's why a lot of people had an issue with Jesus because he didn't do that. And and so th- their, their question to Jesus be- before he leaves is, when are you going to restore the power back to Israel? And, and so very soon, uh, this guy, Cornelius, who is an officer of the Roman army, he's, he, he's going to be having a Bible study with Jewish men who follow Jesus. This is, he's going to invite them over to his house. This is, this is huge. He was going to invite them over to his house to have this Bible study to hear about Jesus. It's, it's, it's awesome what happens. It's absolutely a game changer that happens here in Acts chapter 10. And so listen to what Luke writes about the, uh, this Gentile, this, uh, this guy named Cornelius. He says, uh, in Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. This Roman officer, a Gentile, was a God-fearing man. He was devoted to God, and he's been a great example to his whole family because everybody in his household also believed in God. It's great. He's He's been doing the right thing. And because of his devotion to God, he gave to the poor, and he was a man of prayer. I mean, you can literally see the heart of Cornelius in Luke's writings. He, he was a God-fearing man. He was devoted to God. He prayed a lot and he gave to the poor. That's an awesome dude right there. But he was still lacking something. A, a man with such stature and power who was humble enough to be considerate of the poor. Why? Because he, was, he loved God. But here's the issue with Cornelius. Here, 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 there was something that he lacked. Even though he did great things to help the poor, even though he was a praying man and he loved God, he liked Jesus. He had never heard of Jesus. He didn't even know who Jesus was. It's sort of similar to Paul, who was Saul at the time, who was a Jew. Uh, He was a, a man in a position of power. Right. Remember, they were throwing the coats before his feet. Uh, at the stoning of Stephen. He was, he was a, a Jewish man who was a Pharisee and he was in this p- great position of power and he was serving God, or at least he thought he was serving God. And he, and he he loved God and he wanted to do what was right. But he was persecuting God's people. He was persecuting Christians. And, and it wasn't until, it, like we talked about in the last podcast, his conversion story about when he met Jesus or when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. And that light shined around him and he heard that voice and he was blind for three days. And then when Ananias came in and told him about Jesus and, and this is what God wants you to do. His eyes were open. He was baptized for the remission of his sins. And the man's life was changed forever. And he, and he goes out and he starts all these churches and he writes all these letters. And, and we have his writings today. And, and that's what you know, the difference between Saul or Paul and Cornelius was, Cornelius was really serving God and loved God and he gave to the poor. Saul was was persecuting Christians and and so his life was drastically changed when he met Jesus. Cornelius's life is going to be changed because he's going to be saved from his sins. His sins are going to be forgiven. At this point, he is a lover of God and he's serving God to the best of his abilities. And I want to say this. I absolutely believe this with all my heart. That if you are seeking God and you are searching to do what is right, God will absolutely put somebody in your life. It's going to be a divine meeting. It's happened to me several times with people uh, in, in the past, but God will make sure that you hear the gospel message and that you have the opportunity to, to, to make Jesus Christ uh, your Lord and Savior and that your sins will be forgiven. That's exactly what he does for uh, Cornelius and his household here. Uh, He's going to make sure that Cornelius hears about Jesus and the gospel message and has the opportunity to have his sins forgiven. And I want to ask you this, what would you do if an angel just popped up in your your house or in your room, wherever you're at, in, in your vehicle or well, in a store where you're or you're shopping, whatever. what if an angel just popped up on the scene and started having a conversation with you? What would you do? How would you react? I think every time in the Bible when we see an angel pop up on the scene, the people act in fear. They're they're terrorized. They're like whoa, you know. And, and the angel usually says the the first words out of the angel's mouth is "Fear not." Well, that's what happens to Cornelius. He is going to one of his prayer meetings. And he begins to pray. In Acts chapter 10, verses 3 through 7, Luke writes this. It says, One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. And Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the the seashore. And as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. And he told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. So if you go all the way back to David, King David, the Old Testament, and Daniel even, the Jews had a practice of praying at least three times a day. 9 a.m., if you want to go by our times, 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. And when you look at the, the the healing of the lame man in Acts chapter three, we see that Peter and John have they were going to the temple for the hour of prayer. They're going to a prayer service at three p.m. And it's the same thing here with Cornelius. It's around three o'clock, so it's his prayer time, and and he's going to pray uh, with Jehovah God at three p.m. And when he begins to pray, he has this vision, and this angel starts having this conversation with him. But notice what the angel tells Cornelius. He says, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. And I really want us to see something here. The angel makes note that God has not only heard the prayers of Cornelius, but he has also received all the good things that he has done to help the poor. And not only that, but the angel said that the things that Cornelius did for the poor was an offering to God. Now, we don't see this in Scripture, but I I have to conclude that 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 when Peter was helping the poor, every time that he'd done something to help a poor person, he was not thinking, "I'm doing this to get brownie points with God." I'm doing this because I'm I'm making an offering to God. I think that it was just the heart of Cornelius. He loved God. He loved serving God. He 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 prayed to God, and he loved helping people in the name of God. And he would help people, and he would tell them, "I love God, so here's why I do this." And that's what I stress to people all the time. Serving God is not about being on a stage, it's not being a, a pastor, it's not being a, a, an elder or a deacon. All those things are fine, but you don't have to be in front of people. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't. You don't have to be. Uh, uh, you know, you don't have to be seen in front of a bunch of people. Uh, serving God is just going out and being the hands and the feet of Jesus and going to people who can't do something on their own and you know that they have a need and so you help meet their need. And when you meet their need, tell them why you're helping them meet their need because you serve Jesus, you love God, and you want them to have the opportunity to be saved. It's really that simple. And that's what Cornelius was doing. He's out there. He's helping the poor and, and, and he loves God. He's praying to God three times a day. And he, he's been such a good example. His whole household is serving God. They love God. And and when he's out there in his everyday walks of life, he sees a need. He sees a a, a person who has a need, whether they're poor. And, and 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 so he helps meet the need. And he's saying, hey, I'm a God-fearing man. I love God and I want to help you. And so, you know, I want to be an example for God. And, and, and so he would be a blessing. And, and the angel tells Cornelius, God knows what you're doing. He sees what you're doing and he has accepted it as an offering to him. Man, can, why can't we look at that as Christian people, followers of Jesus and, and say, this is what God wants me to do. It's really this simple. I see a need. I meet a need. God is glorified because I'm telling this person why I'm helping them. And so I want God to be glorified in my life. And so I'm going to help you. And here's why I'm helping. you. It's really that simple. We're going to pick this back up in the next podcast. But I, I just hope and pray that when you go out today or when you go out tomorrow, when you go to your job, when, when you when you go uh, to the, to shopping or whatever and you see a need, Don't just ignore the need like you don't even see it happening. Meet the need if you can. But when you meet the need, tell the person why you're helping them. Because we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And they need to know who we are and why we are the way we are. We love Jesus. We serve God. And we want to give them the opportunity to have the same blessings that we have to have our sins forgiven and have the promises of God and be on our way to heaven. I'll see you next podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just all grind life, it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Hustle, pay the price. price. want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look. All my life.